The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. So this is No Sold, episode 56. We're back again. We're here to talk the new world organization of wrestling, brother, according to Hogan. New world order. 25 years ago, this happened. So we figured why, we got to just kind of stop the presses, talk about one of our, I guess, the most impactful faction in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm at least to see the whole run of it. Horsemen were a little bit before Frank and I's time, mm-hmm. but we got to see the debut. The debut of the Horsemen, I feel like, was a little before our time. But anyway, the NWO, we had to stop the presses and talk about them because this is like, we've had Hogan on our minds lately, our Goat Talk episode. We've talked about his impact, changing the biz, not once, but twice. We've had um, always Hall and Nash. You know, these guys seem to come up on almost every episode. But the NWO, the original concept, we want to get into just how this all started 25 years ago. I think it's crazy that it's been this long. But before we get into all that, how are you guys feeling? East-West connection here. How are you feeling out West, Frank? I feel good. It's getting warm, so I don't like that situation. But, uh, you know, good otherwise. Lots of wrestling. Tons of wrestling. Duke, it's been a flood here in Philly. I feel like it rained every day <laughs> for the last 60 days. How you surviving out here, Seattle weather? I, I like summer rain, personally. I was telling my buddy the other day, when was that, uh, Sunday, when it really poured here? Like, I just wanted to go outside and, like, take my shirt off. And, like, <laughs> you know, I just, I love doing that. And I understand that's weird and, like, people would look at me weird. But I was like, man, I really want to do that right now. Because it's, like, it's warm, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. like, I love it. I love summer rain, personally. Not me. Yeah, as the uh, not me either, Frank. And as as you know, new house, new pool. I'm an Aquarius. I love water. Hmm. Oh, there you go. New house, new pool, new responsibilities. <laughs> Never knew algae existed until you know all this <laughs> rain came and hit my pool. That's oh, yeah. been a a bitch trying to deal with that. But um, besides talking about the, I know, I know. Besides uh the weather, and uh. You know, the mundane talk about the weather. Let's talk about some wrestling. There is a lot going on in the current world. We had Money in the Bank recently. That was a a whale of a show, according to some of the critics. Record setting. Mm -hmm. They followed that up. They're building towards SummerSlam is the WWE, AEW, all in, all out. All in, Frank, selling out, selling pretty well. Mm 70,000 now in the bag. Yeah, no, 75,000. They're going to have over 80,000 people in that building by, by by the time they announce anything. They haven't even announced anything, which is crazy. Um, mm. Yeah, so I, I'm excited for that show, dude. I'm I'm teasing the idea of trying to get out there. I don't know. We're, Whoa, we're gonna, really? We're flirting with the idea. We're going to mm. see if it makes sense, if we can figure it out with work and all that. But, you know, we'll see. Bring that binoculars. Just like it's just one of those things. Like after that Puerto Rico show, not that it's like the same level of show, but it was just like, I had like FOMO after it. And I feel like I'm going to be watching. I was at the gates of WrestleMania, had terrible FOMO that day. Didn't get to go mm-hmm. to WrestleMania and see Cody chop an L. And then <laughs> now this all in, I feel like it's the next one where I'm like, oh man, that's so epic. I would like, like to be there. 
but we'll see. Conspiracy, um, conspiracy theorist John coming in right here, sitting in this chair. Don't usually like to go this route with the conspiracy theories, but got to thinking, is there a chance Tony Khan himself is buying up all these tickets? Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. No, no, really. Why? Why would he do that, though? Just to, sh- to kind of show that it's doing really well. Could we ever prove it if, if he did anyway? No, because he has the money to, you know what I mean? You could, you could prove it. Sure. If you like, you know, hired private investigators and you could see where the money's coming from, obviously, like it's happened on Twitter, like with like burner accounts and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you could absolutely find out. I'll tell you one thing. No sold will not be funding that investigation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Or Frank's trip out there. I can't. Well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that off the air. It's uh, it's tacky to discuss uh, (laughs) that kind of stuff while we're on air. Mm -hmm. No, I was thinking yeah. because is it's Tony crazy. Khan buying tickets? Why would that happen? I mean, you know what it is? It's just there's thirsty ass fans. You know what I mean? And we got to think like, think about how jaded we get sometimes with the WWE product. But then when they show up there, they did mm-hmm. how many? What like an insane number for Clash of the Castle? Also, all those recent shows in London. You know, it's just like they're wrestling fans star for wrestling. WWE brutally like, pl- uh, like took all the talent from their indie scene, you know what I mean, when they were doing the NXT UK and NXT stuff, you know, so like the indie wrestling over there has suffered. You know, those guys are big wrestling fans with a lot of tradition. So I think they're just stoked as hell to have shows. It's cool. And it's AEW's first show. Like, dude, when AEW did their first LA show, listen, they'd already been around the country for three years, and they did that LA show. I've never been to a more hyped crowd for a wrestling show. And that says a lot, you know what I mean? Like that crowd was so, they needed the AEW so badly at that point and they finally got it. And I think it's going to be the same thing. It's just on a massive scale. It's all, it's countries, multiple, the whole, all of Europe are going to be. Well, I would imagine it's traveling, right? People are traveling to go. It wouldn't just be London. It's not just the London crowd. Yeah, exactly. It's all of Europe who could get there, you know? So. No, I started to get to thinking because I do, I see these ratings. They're not necessarily tipping the scales. They're not going crazy. Like it's not as if the ratings That's are American exploding. Ship though, as well. Right, 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 right. So, um, the fans, I guess, cross continents, right? I mean, it's yeah, clearly, sure. clearly, it's. But uh, like Frank said, though, there's neighboring countries that mm-hmm. they're gonna go to England to see this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, like it's because, you know, a lot of these countries geographically are a lot closer. You know, we think countries like are so far yeah. away, but with them, it's like it's not far. Yeah, away. it's like Ohio to PA. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But that's AEW. We definitely want to talk AEW. Talk Elite will be back this coming week. We have a lot to get into there, but we said it at the top. The New World Order, 25 years ago, roughly, debuting, kind of coming together sort of slowly because we had scott hall kevin nash this story's been covered zillions of times but their contracts aspiring jumping from the wwf and it was one of frank's personal favorites we all have love for scott hall i mean certainly in amongst my 20 faves duke i'm pretty sure he's around there for you as well um it was scott hall first this is the first uh i guess you could say inkling that we were going to have this faction show up and become what they were but I'll hit it first with you, uh, Duke. Do you remember this was in the pre-internet? So did you know anything about Scott Hall jumping to WCW, his contract expiring? Were you on the sheets, observer, 
or otherwise? No. Um, I was trying to think too, if I watched that live, I mean, I feel like, like I probably did, but I do remember, you know, Dave, uh, yeah. John, um, I remember Dave like coming in and being like, bro, like, did you see like Scott Hall and John Nash? I remember he called Nash like the wrong first name. <laughs> he was like, they're in WCW now. The great and, like, mathematician. Bubble. Yeah. And like, I, I remember him saying that. So I don't know if I watched it live. I thought mm. that I did. But I mean, 25 years, I can't remember 25 days. So <laughs> I do remember well, when I actually saw it, though, and being like, holy shit, like, because the way the way Scott Hall presented it, it was just that mystique was there, you know, like, and he's just so we talked about it. Cool as shit. One of the coolest dudes, yeah. if not the coolest dude in the history of the business, like, mm -hmm. and just his delivery and like. You know, you don't know why I'm here. Like, why am I here? And I, and you're thinking, like, what the hell? And like, I thought it was such a smart thing for them to just have him walk in like during a match. Right, I think we yeah. covered it on our best um debuts, Stables. maybe. No, or the debuts. debuts. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, we maybe, probably even talked about happen. that. Yeah, yeah, and it really is. And like to have it during a match, and like those guys, look, like. Apparently they didn't know that was going to happen. I'm kind of surprised right. that Mike Enos didn't yeah, punch him because exactly, he's kind yeah. of a tough dude. But um, yeah, change the business, well, man. Twenty five like, years, real quick, Frank. Twenty five years ago, what we're talking about is the uh, the formulation of the NWO at the Bash at the Beach. But what I'm talking about with Hall would be May twenty seventh, ninety six. So a little bit before the July Bash at the Beach pay per view. But go ahead, Frank. You remember? Uh, uh, it, I was just going to say like. People talk about that like uh, first appearance of Scott Hall and WCW all the time. Like it's a legendary like you know first appearance, but that's like that moment. It's so cool. I show that to people all the time when I'm trying to get them like to understand like what makes like certain parts of wrestling cool <clears throat> and cool moments. Like I always show that Scott Hall and give them the backstory just because the way they handled him, just walking through the crowd, you see it. They're kind they're no selling him. You know, in commentary as he walks through and he just hands over, hops over, give me a mic, you know, those guys mm -hmm. in the ring, you see the referee try to back. I think all of that stuff is so, like, perfect for, like, mm -hmm. trying to, like, paint the picture of some guys invading your show. You know, like, yeah. I, I watch that moment. All, I probably watch that thing 10 times a year. No shit. <laughs> just because it's one of my, like, favorite moments. You know, it's so cool. I could do, I do the whole speech with him. You know, it's just do you, awesome. do you say uh the nacho man? Yeah, like I do that all says. the time. I have, dude, I have my girlfriend say it, call him the nacho, and she goes WCW because of because <laughs> of Scott Hall and that promo. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know it's funny not to get off on a wild thing, but it's funny because like they made fun of the age of those guys and stuff, and then yeah. they end up like being in it. Mm -hmm. The age thing always like I don't know. I felt that was just so disrespectful in both companies. Like I remember um the WWF obviously shit on Hogan and Mach mm -hmm. like when they split. And then I was in doing research for this, I was watching like just all kinds of NWO stuff and I happened to see um it was Hogan versus Flair in like 2002 or something in the main event of Raw. Yeah, I'm like you guys, man. Like, yeah, yeah, as yeah. long you know, if it's not them, mm -hmm. it's shit. But like, they did the same thing. There's 50 year old men, probably older at that time, main eventing Raw. I thought it was interesting. 
Yeah, I want to just uh, with the Hall debut coming out, like you said, Mike Enos. And who was the uh, opponent? I always get this wrong. I was it like Steve Dahl? Steve Dahl, you're right. Yeah, because I said I Bobby Duncan Jr. before and you yelled was at me. Was it Steve Dahl? Yeah, I think it was oh, Steve I, Dahl. I yelled at you. You corrected me. Because um, it did look like Bobby Duncan, even though he never wore the weird singlet thing. But um, Steve Dahl, I think, is correct. But the denim. Former member of. Come on, John. The... Like one of your favorite tag teams. Fabulous. No. And the and the World Wrestling Federation. Not the Heavenly Bodies. No, but you're close. You want a hint? You'll get yeah. it immediately. Well done. They yes, you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Even was he Stephen Dunn? Okay. Yep. So the denim on denim for Scott Hall, the denim vest. Oh, I love you it. Know, too. Great Holy denim shit. jacket. Yeah. yeah, I'm bringing that back. No shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I get chest hairs I I don't have a hairy chest. That's my only thing. So I'm just gonna be like a. <laughs> it's gonna be weird, but. But yeah, as far as him invading Scott Hall, walking through the crowd and all that stuff, May 27th, 96. I mean, for for fans, for me, this this was something that uh, it kind of took me off guard. I wasn't reading the sheets. You know, the magazines really didn't allude to it too much. And I was such a Razor and Diesel fan mm-hmm. and a WWF guy that this kind of bothered me. You know, I'm thinking like that, that this was... Uh, Captain Rex making a debut. With his He's NWO for life. Yeah, that's for that's life. not his debut. This guy's always stealing my heat. <laughs> NWO for life, Captain Rex. But um, yeah, to see this kind of start to come together, and we'll get to the next step of what happened. But you don't know why. You don't know. You you know who I am, but you don't you know, know why, I'm, why I'm, here. I'm here. I mean, you want a war? There's so much in that promo. There's the so much. Scheme they- Gene. Scheme Gene, he had a little tinge of the accent still. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the accent. Oh yeah, still, right? he's still he's he was razor. razor. Yeah, yeah, he was razor yeah. for sure. And he claimed Scott Hall did to have a big surprise for uh for Stinger and for the WCW. You know, the following weekend it was none other than Kevin Nash who comes in, and um instead of going through the timeline, you know, it's been done a million times with the NWO, but I want to talk to you guys about. Just like the importance of Hall and Nash first, because before we get to the third man and all that, you know, and just like I said, I was such a fan of Diesel, especially, but also Razor. But these guys, uh, I already talked about Hogan changing the game and all that stuff. But these guys, we got to talk about, you know, how they really are responsible for changing the business contractually. They, they're responsible for a lot of the money stuff. But how about the fact that peak prime, you could say, peak prime wwf they they leave and jump to the other company that just doesn't mm-hmm. i haven't seen it happen since you know and it might still with aew or wwe but guys that are on top of the world leaving in their prime not past their prime not two years past like these are right in the middle of their prime but um let's talk about their just the impact of both of these guys and how they went from the gimmicks to to like the no frills names you know, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash instead of Diesel and Razor Ramon and how taboo that used to be. But um, Frank, you were a young blood when the NWO was blowing up, but you couldn't ignore the shirts, nah, you know. And was it Hall and Nash that you that you did you know Hall and Nash like as Diesel yeah. and Razor? Yeah, I knew him as Diesel and Razor. I knew them as Diesel and Razor so much. I've mentioned this before on the show that I was so dumb and obviously not on the internet at that time. I'm eight years old, nine years old. 
that I was like, who is this fake ass diesel and you know what I mean? And uh razor and and like you know what I mean? Because I was so clueless. I'm like, these guys are not razor, dude. They're like, what is this? And then once I realized that I was like, oh, so I, I was already I was on on board and I jumped in, you know, they were already formed, they were already causing all the ruckus, and I just and it took over my life, you know, and it made me switch full time to WCW, you know. Cause and I thought it was a shoot. I was like, "This is real." Running into yeah. my kitchen, telling my mom, "You gotta see this. <laughs> These dudes are breaking into the building." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, and all that stuff. So, you know, really changed my uh, fandom life. You could say the fake guys were in the other company. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> Little did I know, Duke. Did you know their real names pre debut no. WCW debut? Because no. I was not a fan of like learning that scott hall was scott hall like i was like yeah it's funny because like Mm -hmm. i'm i think the pwi almanac was around back then so it is possible that i knew it but i remember being like oh man that sucks like he can't be razor ramon anymore you know but uh yeah like i said i remember my buddy dave shout out to brat um being like yeah man scott hall and john nash and like tell i'm like what that's their real names like i couldn't even (laughs) like believe it but like you talked about like changing the business and stuff and like i don't know man the nwo it's like a love hate thing with me because i feel like sure gave us some cool shit good times like you said like changed the game but i also feel like they kind of killed wcw you know yeah it's hard for me to like have that happy memory of them because like money 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 you know what i mean like i'm just not like that and like kevin nash and scott hall they'll admittedly say it's all about the money 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 and i've just never been yeah i've never been a fan of like guys that do it all for the money you know like i like to hear guys that like oh yeah i grew up watching wrestling and like i want i always wanted to be this and blah 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 blah. and like it doesn't take away like i I have all the respect obviously two hall of famers game changers you know and i um i do love razor but there's always that like thing with me that i'm like you changed the business but you kind of fucked it up too so like it's like a Mm. love hate thing for me i don't know how do you guys feel about that like they show up to wcw a couple years later it's dead i mean but they also blew it up was, too, right? Because they were they were the they inferior did. product too. Until it, it's like a double edged sword. With and them, it's you know? yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and it's also a lot of stupid decisions. You know, mm-hmm. I think um, as we get into the NWO more, like that's what I want to say too, because I just think they're not to like play like portray them as victims so much, but like I think they Scott Hall and Nash specifically were victims of their own success because then everybody wants to be in the NWO because there's mm-hmm. the coolest shit going, right? Everybody, they're getting paid so much, so everybody wants to, you know, try to match their contracts. And those dudes were happy to you for you to match their contracts because they had those... Uh, they got a raise. Yeah, because they got the raise. Favored Nations, yep. I believe they called them, those mm-hmm. deals, you know? So if you came in and made more money, they got a raise. So, like, I always thought that was funny how people were like, oh, these guys were greedy for the money. It's like, nah, dude, get paid more to me because I get paid. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. Had, they had like a crazy deal. No, it um, was bad on WCW's part yeah. too. You WCW know? just, how, they, yeah, they just went off the hook they with NWO and it was just. Yeah, like Bischoff was desperate, you mm-hmm. know, like he really wanted to beat Vince and like 
they had a nice little run and stuff like that. But like, and then Bischoff himself, like putting himself in the NWO, like what the yeah. fuck, dude? Like, yeah, we'll we'll get are... to the Bischoff. We I want to yeah. get to the thing, but I do want to touch on what you said. I think. Like it's a double-edged sword. There are guys that love the business. They grow up as fans. They collect the action figures. Their favorite wrestlers, yeah. so and so, and then they want to emulate them. And then they they become successful, but their passion's still there for the business. And then there's guys. It's a job. There's your Brock Lesnar's. There's so many guys, right? I think the money is the realest thing in this otherwise choreographed business. And you can't. I I look at it like Kevin Nash from like Detroit grew up admittedly pretty rough scott hall with a family at the time breaking in like i i I don't know i think the money really maybe shouldn't be the the main thing driving you but any any of these guys they got to think about the security of of making as much money as you can in the business absolutely and i I can't fault that yeah yeah i I just think it was a bad business decision on wcw's part you know like to be like to basically give these guys whatever they want and then Mm. Where'd that get you? Yeah. Well, they I set the table, it. though. Like like yeah. you said, that they did. That it's not their fault not to victimize mm-hmm. them, but no, they set the no. table for this to be a, a raging success for many years. Dude, it guaranteed contracts, too. Vince used to not give any of these dudes guaranteed no. contracts. You know That's what I mean? That's why they but both then, split. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know it's like, like the game, they changed the game for the wrestlers in terms of like getting guaranteed money or specific dates even because that was now that's the norm with any of these big mm-hmm. names who don't want to work a full schedule, you know, Rondas or Brocks, especially those types. But anybody name them, you know, and like they were the guys getting those half a year dates, you know what I mean? Like where you, the story was like guys would rest 300 times a year or on the road 300 days a year, you know, and they were like, we have 150 dates, you know, like mm-hmm. that's way better, you know, like they changed the game and all that. But I want to, want to say, I wish like, I don't have a problem with guys going after their money, like in any kind of athletics, you know, cause it could end tomorrow and then you're screwed if you don't get paid. Right. Like I never, an NFL running back holds out. I get it. Shortest yep. career in a position. You got to do what you got to do. Get paid get your money and get out of there. Right. But I do wish they were marks for the belts a little bit more like Brett or whatever. Cause then like maybe razor gets a, a, a world title. If he's that, if he cares so much about the title, you know, but he didn't, he, he would admittedly say, you know what I mean? I was watching something earlier and he goes, you know, he's like, you can make money or you can make friends. And he was like, I'm looking at the kid and Nash and you know, whoever. And he's like, I got plenty of friends. <laughs> I know exactly. I know exactly the yep. area you're talking yep, about. Yep, exactly. And he was like, now he was like, now we're strong though told him that. Yeah. You know, so it's like, hey, that I, I can understand where you're coming from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like both. But as a fan, I love it when you see a guy win the strap and you know how much it means to them. You know what I mean? Yep. Like even guys I hate, like the Miz. Yep. When he won the belt, you knew it meant something to him because, yeah. like, he is—he's a mark for it, you know. And yep. it's sort of like—and I always do love that aspect of it. But like, you know, I—I'm never mad at a guy making money, you know. Me but neither. like, it is hard when it's like your motivation, right? Like, and yeah. if that was their deal. I just—I thought that it was just a bad, yeah, precedent that they set, yeah. you yeah. know. And like, it went down in flames. Like, it was like, like they're not the first star, though, right? You know? Because there's guys like Warrior who was synonymous sure. for. Just wanting that money, and I, I see what you're saying. Like watching a guy have the tears, whether it's Edge or Miz or whoever. I was, and, that's who I thought of immediately, Edge, because we're not even big fans of him. But I remember watching mm-hmm. that and being like, "That's cool, man." Yeah, you know, like good for him. And our guy Cody, it's going to mean a lot for Duke and I to see Cody achieve his dream eventually. Well, you know when he saying? wins that United the States, US title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The US yeah, right. Um, I don't know. but that's going to be know, the it, Usos belt. 
Right. So j- let me just get back uh, June 2nd, 96. So it was a week later that Kevin Nash debuted. That was the surprise Scott all was talking about. Then we had the segment at the Great American Bash in 96, uh, June of 96. When, when I remember watching this live. I love this segment so much. Uh, great. Talk. We'll talk about it, Duke. Uh, I just remember the awesome line that Scott Hall said, because the big main and the medium sized main are going to carve you up. And then he mm. hits him with the, the right to the gut and Nash power bombs Bischoff straight to the H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> that was a very, like, crazy spot for back then. I mean, I know ECW was around, but that yeah. was nuts to see him yeah. <laughs> power bomb Eric Bischoff off the stage like that. And yep. seemed real still. It all seemed very real. And, and so much so that I remember... You know, on these documentaries, you'll hear it, but like they would get a call, they they would get calls, WCW yeah. offices, or the police would be called. And yep. um, I know even the WWF was trying to sue the WCW yeah. because they still felt like they were using the razor and and diesel yeah. sort of monic. Well, like uh, they did. Mm-hmm. They got a cease and desist for yeah, the, the right. IPs those intellectual properties. You know, that's why. We see them on TV go, we're not employed. You know, they had to make the statement, we're not actually employed, which is a bummer that you have to go on air and do mm-hmm. that, you know, because mm-hmm. it kills, like, the magic a little bit. But thankfully, they were able to move past that little hiccup. It was so cool that it didn't matter. You know what I mean? And it was only about to get cooler. Well, when they talked about, uh, we'll get to this third man talk in a minute, but they were definitely still feeling like WWF invaders, right? Yeah. Like, that was, it was kind of uh tongue like uh off to the side you you felt like it was wwf invading. for me like because i was older than frank mm-hmm. like i knew it wasn't them invading yeah yeah but i did think it was cool like oh shit like who's next you know yeah. like that was my thing like he just brought diesel in like yeah because i actually do remember i knew diesel was leaving somehow i don't know how mm-hmm. but i think he had a match with sean like a no holds barred match or something sean beat him mm-hmm. and then i kind of i don't know if i knew or if i got the feeling like oh he's he's done you know yeah. like it's usually you can feel it yeah did you know that vince asked him he once again neither of these guys want to leave mm-hmm. razor went to vince he said vince can i improve my position blah 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 vince basically said no good luck yeah. nash did the same thing Nash talked to Hall, like you said, Frank, 150 dates, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever amount of money. Um, But Diesel, Kevin Nash said, Vince, I'm going to go then. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have to, I can't, I got to take this money. And Vince wanted him to job to three people before he went. Did you guys ever hear this? I've heard of one. Who? Warrior? Warrior, man. And it was... So imagine that he wanted yeah. him the job to the ultimate warrior in 1996. Yeah. Lane's crazy. And Nash said, so it was Shawn Michaels. He said, <laughs> of course, right. Obviously. Uh, and said the undertaker, Kevin Nash said, of course, anything for Mark, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then ultimate warrior. And this is why Kevin Nash lived close to the ultimate warrior. And he went to his gym and he got, a gym membership for him and his wife. It was like a thousand dollars or something that he gave him for a month. So he got like platinum memberships. And then he said, every time he went to the gym, he would see the warrior bounce. Like he left, he was like avoiding him. 
So he goes one day and he saw the Warriors truck or whatever. And he went up. He's like, do we have a problem? He just called him out. He's like, no, brother, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know, dude, like you're avoiding me, blah, blah, blah. So they had heat, apparently. I don't know. And then he said that Warrior ended up leaving him like a note on his car with like two joints in it or something. <laughs> and he was like, you're you're a solid dude, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, man. So he went on to put the Warrior over and Nash was like, nah not doing that i love that story that's yeah. a great story yeah i've heard that um that's funny warrior you know a very awkward guy like according to the boys yeah. like yeah. you never really can get a read on on uh but that's an interesting proposal by vince for him to job for nash to job to the warrior in 1996 yeah. weird um it's a shame though with wwf's we didn't really talk about that side of it and you know just how bad business was and yep. how vince couldn't really compete with the checkbook of ted turner whether it was crazy yeah you know and and obviously austin changed the game there but um yeah let's I mean, talk about go ahead. dude vince really lucked into a situation with austin and rocky and even you could say like dx at that mm -hmm. time you know like whatever was popping because they were on their last legs seemingly you know i've i've read a series of books that were like about Vince McMahon in the WWF around that time, you know, and you like when you read it, like how bleak the situation actually was, it's like, oh man, like they yeah. were, they were on the literally, verge. Yeah, yeah, they were on they the, verge, were on of the verge. Yeah, yeah. What and you would think life like, have been without the WWF, yeah. man? Mm -hmm. You think like, because remember, like around this time, he's bringing all these guys in, and like you know, Mike, Mark Merrow, you know, um, I mean, think he's bringing in like freddie joe floyd like tracy smothers who i love but like come on like it was just everything he was doing stalker was barry windham yeah like literally everything they did was failing and it wasn't until they were like let us do our thing that you know triple h is like bro let me do my thing you know like mm -hmm. rock let me do my thing don't make me this blazing baby face you know austin yeah. let him go like Thanks to Bret Hart, by the way. Yeah, I was gonna say to to you know Austin gets the props, but Brett Brett prepping him oh, like yeah. that feud with Brett is one hundred percent responsible. I think no for doubt. Austin's attitude. Stone Cold Steve Austin says it. Yep. Yeah. Another reason why Brett's the goat. He may have saved wrestling <laughs> as we know it. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. But did he change the game twice? I don't know. Well, no, hey, the third and man. Now, by the by, the way, the books on Vince and the WWF are called is a Titans. Um, they call it the Titan trilogy. It's like Titan mm -hmm. screwed and Titan shattered. It's like it goes over like there's three books go over like a six year period or five year period of WWF. Very good, uh, worth checking out if you're interested. It's like you get a lot of behind the scenes stuff on Vince and like what was going on in the business at that time. It's very cool. Yeah, I've heard of those. Um. Fun fact, I really wanted to name this podcast Titan Towers, and Frank vetoed me. <laughs> yeah, veto hard veto. I was hard veto. Yeah. <laughs> so Bischoff held a little draft on Nitro to determine whose WCW's representatives would be for the Bash at the Beach because Hall and Nash claimed to have a third man and they wanted to take on WCW's best three. And as the story goes, Sting, Luger, and Macho Man Randy Savage were going to be WCW's representatives for this big six-man at Bash at the Beach 96. Hall and Nash were going to reveal their third man at the show. This is where it gets interesting because um, I think on paper this sounds terrible, this idea for uh, Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan eventually, to be the mm -hmm. third man. 
but it really worked and with the snap of a finger because you know we don't have to go through the match at bash of the beach and all that stuff but obviously hogan was revealed to be the third man anyone listening knows this by now but duke you're a hulkamaniac from uh, as a wee little boy did you know that he had it in him to unleash this kind of uh and off the bat it was a little cheesy still because it's hogan but like he eventually got real comfortable with being a slime bucket yeah you know yeah yeah um i was trying to think too like i mean now obviously it would we we would know unfortunately with the internet you know um it takes so much to hide things now but like i was thinking like if we were watching back then pre-internet like would you have any idea you know what was about to happen and it was actually meant it was going to be sting initially right the third man which i i think that's a terrible idea just wouldn't have worked you no know, yeah like think. sting is just such a natural baby face to me um hogan however like i say this all the time like if they're booing you give them a reason to boo you yeah. you know like they were over it dude you know it was we grew up with hogan you know i'm a yeah. teenager at this time i'm like fuck yeah. this guy like get <laughs> out of here let these guys you know it's the typical behavior of a wrestling fan we want something new you know yeah. and back then i was a little idiot like mm-hmm. most of these fans now where they don't respect <laughs> what's in front of them fickle fans you know like they'll know once brian danielson is gone his greatness but okay. anyway i just um yeah man i hogan to me is one of the greats of all time and we talked about it before like you if you can do both at a high level i mean that's goat status to me you know like and, and he worked funny. as a heel at time uh, like his tendencies you know even oh, when yeah. he was red and yellow don't you think he yeah, had he some of that in him scratching backs and choking yeah. people with his shirt and stuff you know and like it's funny because like even when he becomes a heel and we'll get into it like he's still a goofball you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. he's still cool. paul and nash like they were like you got like street vibes kind of from yeah. them you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like they would they would fuck you up for real it felt like, real exactly yeah hogan's real. like the the old dude hanging out with them like we talk about like <laughs> steve buscemi hello young people yeah you know? like that meme or whatever you know so like and they even talked about it like when they start cutting promos and stuff um they're like hogan's doing his same old wrestling bullshit and we're trying to like you know keep it <laughs> yeah. cool and stuff and like everything they did was cool those are two of the coolest dudes like hands down even now like they're captivating when you watch them talk now like in these shoot interviews and yeah. rest in peace scott hall man yeah like, the best God, shoot interview all the, the best shoot interviews of all time scott Easy. yeah man because i've watched Nash, all of them, like multiple times nash as well and like i've had yeah, captivating dudes, as well, but super amazing. charismatic you know like you get lost in them and like Good here's hogan that. doing his typical yeah, brother, yeah. brother brother you know and yeah like, yeah they, but don't they you think that added a level of um obviously the prestige of hulk hogan's name is great but it also kept it from you want the grit and you want that stuff but i think it it kind of made it main event it kept the story 
very um it did but like he was a cornball like him like i remember him like trying to rhyme and stuff like mm -hmm. early know, on like, yeah it, it's the nwa if that's okay you know like just <laughs> stupid shit like that you know but like, he but he was just a dork in his promos dude all that yeah, stuff yeah. always was just so corny but i would say like i think he got into the rhythm of a heel and i love them as a heel like, and I don't have that attachment, maybe like maybe you guys do, of him as like babyface Hogan, like ultimate babyface. Right, true. To me, Hogan was already kind of like the old guy in wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was over it for me. So to yeah. see him go heel, that's my preferred Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Like, I love, I'm a Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And mm -hmm. Like, if you tell me mm -hmm. about a part of, listen, listen, I love classic Hulk Hogan shit with Mach and all that. Don't get me wrong. But like, if you, if I think of a time of Hulk Hogan that I actually like to watch and just on like a weekly television kind of basis, it's all Hollywood Hogan stuff for me. Even yeah, that, that makes early, sense. Yeah, even that early Nitro Hogan stuff, I'm like, it's not my bag, you know. I but, like those years. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> you know, it is what it is, but yeah, it's just like I'm not a Hogan guy like that. No, but, and I think yeah, we talk about this all the time. It's what you grew up on, mm -hmm. and like you grew up on Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. So that makes sense to me. You know, like when I people are Hollywood like, the yellow too. and red is back. It's like, eh, yeah, that you know, it doesn't do it for me. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it won't pop mm -hmm. me. Like if I saw black and white Hogan come out, you know, so yeah, just different era. I was never a red and yellow Hulkamaniac. It was mm. the strangest thing, you know. Like, and even when he went Hollywood, I still wasn't a fan. But as the years went by, I was like appreciative yeah. of it, you know. I I never loved hulk hogan like i really never did now that i'm older i really do you know i love his work i really i appreciate it so much more and i want to say last thing about his heel turn is like you saw what it did for him you know like when he was getting booed out of the building and stuff like you gave him a reason and it was box office you know and it's like it's just one of those questions of like if a guy like cena would have done it you know not that mm -hmm. cena never had a heel but you know when he went uber mm -hmm. babyface and was just getting sure. booed out of the building and stuff like what if you turn heel like could have been mm -hmm. a game changer type of moment and to, a lesser, and to a lesser extent a guy like cody he hasn't gotten to the top yet of the babyface ladder as the champion or whatever yet but it's one of those things like an AEW, the crowd wanted him to do that and like they mm -hmm. booed him because they just wanted to see what that was like you know what i mean mm -hmm. and they thought it would have been cool you know because you know how the AEWs are like smarky fans so they were like oh he'll turn it could make you cool because we think you're corny. You know, that's what I always thought with Cena. I don't like I'm an infamous Cena hater. But if he would have turned heel in that period when I was booing him, I would have been curious. You know what I mean? Like I would have been interested in what you're doing instead of like a, a channel changer for me. And Cody, I think, eventually could be in a similar situation where it's like, will you ever turn? He's saying talking about now. Well, now he has the kids. Um yeah, exactly. So that makes exactly. it even bigger. As, as kids exactly. as fans for you know what i'm saying but like but when you make that like i'm talking about game changing moments like hogan's was you know yep. what i mean like like which a heel turn got, yeah like a proper heel turn look at roman mm -hmm. you know what i mean like roman went from a guy who was they were forcing down his throats that you could you know nobody really liked and now he's they like never loved proper, him anyway yeah, right? yeah exactly now he's like a proper top guy in the company you know so like i don't know i'm just curious i just want to always think about like damn john cena should have done it it paid off for him never obviously. did it they never did it yeah and like, yeah. and I wonder what will happen with Cody because now he's the current guy who's like, I'm never turning, you know, heel for the kids and stuff. And it's sort of like, I wonder. I just that's when it's most impactful. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. When you get a guy like that at the top with the kids behind him, but it was Hulk Hogan, the third man. And look, it was Savage, Luger, Sting. They were representing WCW when Savage being front and center for this big moment for Hulk Hogan. Like, weird how they're kind of the parallels between their careers, like how they always sort of 
intersect, but it was Savage that caught the big leg, you know, and the, the commentary, we shouldn't, you know, gloss over the uh, amazing commentary other than the obvious, the Bobby the Brain. We got to yeah. talk Duke, about it Duke again. ruined that for me, too, because, like, Sorry, like as a dumb idiot, I never, like, <laughs> like caught it. And then Duke mm. mentioned to me, and I'm like, oh, yeah. he does. He blows it. Kind yep. of. So well, whose side is he on? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, those that don't. Go ahead, John Boy. No, go ahead. Tell him. No, so as Hogan was walk, Hulk Hogan was uh, walking down to the ring because it was Hall and Nash fighting these three men for most of the match, the hostile takeover match. And Hogan had been away from TV for a while, and he comes walking down the aisle, and Bobby the Brain Enon just casually says, but whose side is he on? Yeah. And, you know, dude, and I never and like, even registered that for years. And Duke says it to me one day. He's like, yeah, Bobby kind of tips the fucking, you know, to turn. And I was like, yeah, when I heard it, I was like, oh, my gosh, he does. It just never registered, you know. And like we love the brain. Like, yeah, obviously, obviously. he's he's my yeah one of my all time favorite yeah. commentators, my favorite manager of all time, one of my favorite personalities, period. But I'm like, Agreed. how did he do this? Yeah. You know, because yeah. he's so good, mm-hmm. you know, like, but. It is cool later how he's like, I told everybody all along. <laughs> yeah, it works. Which he turned it. But one interesting thing about the finish of that match. Um, so, like you said, Hogan comes down and his face. You got to watch this if you haven't seen it. If you're a wrestling fan, first off, you have to watch that. this. Yeah. Um, but he's coming down and you look on his face. He's like smirking like he's like i'm gonna get killed yeah. you know like he just knows something's gonna something's gonna happen and then he gets in the ring hits he throws the referee out of the ring yeah, and that's idiot. that wasn't yeah. supposed to happen yeah. because he was supposed to leg drop savage and pin him it was supposed to be a clean victory but the ref's out so scott hall makes the count and that wasn't supposed to happen yeah the referee was supposed to make that count so brandy kind of a, anderson I think oh, it's yeah. cool though because like they're already kind of doing what they want to do. Then yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? it so it kind of worked it works out in a weird yeah. way. Well, it's like, with it's like Paul Lee counting the three for like RVD. Yes. You know, it's just yep. like what right uh, yeah. count and it, but it did. You know, you're like okay, mm-hmm. it works in the moment. You know, normally yeah. you're like what. But when we're um, we're sitting here talking about this, that you know, 25 years ago, this this happening, and it's hard to put into words for fans now just how like. I don't know how many times you can count time standing still in wrestling in your wrestling fandom, but this is one where it's, 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 sh- it's like, it's like an earthquake. I mean, it shakes the whole foundation of mm-hmm. the wrestling world for sure, but also even like mainstream, like, like Hulk Hogan becoming a bad guy was big news everywhere. I mean, it, it's unheard of, and I don't know if it could be duplicated. You talk about Cody and guys like Cena. And it, it's interesting to think about this kind of thing, but but with this, time did stand still. And post-match, after the Outsiders, Hall and Nash come in with Hulk Hogan, Mean Gene, another one right by Hogan's side through all the big moments. It's cool that he gets the first uh, promo yeah. with with Hulk. And I got to say, man, re-watching this, like, it's not something that uh, – gets talked about as one of the greatest promos of all time enough because it is a little long and it's, you know, but I think it's, it's at least impactful. Like the way Hogan breaks it down, um, obviously mean Gene, you know, he's shocked. He's, he's kind of going at Hogan. Like, how can you do this and stuff like that? Crowds throwing everything into the ring. So everybody's eating it up and buying it. But what about Hogan? Um, 
what do you guys make of calling it the new world organization of wrestling? <laughs> like yeah. twice he does it. Does he do oh. it twice? I know because he says it right at first, I believe. And then okay. he like, and then he like fumbles it later. Yeah. And he had to Maybe it's it. towards the end. Yeah, he says Yeah, it because end. I always thought it was like right away. And then I was like, I swore he said new world organization, but then he says it later on in the thing, which is funny. Yeah, like he a, says it at move. the end because he's like, What are you gonna do when the new world organization? <laughs> yeah it was funny dude and like that like i i agree with you like i do think that's like a great promo like one of those all-timers but um because of the crowd though more so than anything hogan's saying because like the mm -hmm. heat that they had it's amazing you know didn't a fan storm the ring i think wwe network cuts it out but i'm pretty oh, really? sure the fan storms the ring mm. and gets stomped out by like scott hall i think diesel's like you know maybe i'm mistaken a different fan incident but like i'm pretty sure a fan storm i've that seen i yeah. know what you're talking about because yeah. scott hall almost looks like he's throwing working punches yeah yeah, yeah. doesn't nash drop an elbow or something macho man comes in and fought that's another that's one another one yeah yeah exactly no, wcw crowds were lit bro yeah, they, they were, were not yeah. for coming into the ring but I do want to mention really quick with this promo, um, Hogan calling this, you know, him saying, you got to realize, brother, this is the future of wrestling. Yeah. And Hogan's 43. And I love it, you know, because he he's he's well, the he said guy. those guys were the future. I think. He yeah. Said, yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah. I think so. I think he does point. To oh, so you don't feel like he's talking about the. the NWO I mean, of course he is. He's an yeah. egomaniac. Yeah, of course for he sure. Is. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Of I'm pretty sure could... he says these two are like the future or whatever. Mm hmm. Okay. And I mean, well, he said you're... this right here is the future of pro wrestling. Okay. But regardless, he's also alluding to that the big, you know, great big organization up north. A lot of shooty stuff here, like a lot yeah. of shooting from the hips. Just very um, unheard of with Hogan just acting this way. And I remember seeing yeah. it, and you just feel like, as a time standing still, you feel like, all right, well, it's all about to change. Like everything we thought about wrestling is about to change because it was in that moment it was almost like in real time you felt like the whole you know how AEW is good for the wwe right now well like wcw becoming that interesting was only going to be great for all of wrestling because you got the magazines you got the super the dream match scenarios and all this mm -hmm. stuff started just get your wheels start spinning but um duke what do you think about just the fans once again just like the, all the crap getting thrown in the ring and how that added to the visual Oh, yeah, it was awesome. I can see those guys like hitting the trash, you know, yeah, out yeah, of yeah. the air and stuff, you know, and like, yeah, impactful, I think, is even an understatement, you know, like, like you said, John, if you didn't live in the moment, like you'll have no idea what this meant. Mm -hmm. It's the greatest heel turn in the history of wrestling, bar oh, none, yeah. bar none. Yeah. Like there yeah. were other turns previous to this, you know, like in the 70s and 80s that were a big deal, you know, but um. I mean, this is the biggest baby face in the history uh, of wrestling. Yeah. I think that's Ever. fair to say, because like so. Austin's kind of like a anti-hero type dude. For sure. You know, but um, the biggest good guy in the history telling the fans to stick it, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it's amazing. Like, and like we said, like he made a whole nother career, eventually mm -hmm. had a whole nother WWF run. Amazingly, know. you know. Maybe. Well, Frank, he was talking about how the fans for two years, he held his ha his head high. Hulk Hogan did. He did everything for the charities, did everything for the kids. And he blames the reception. Mm -hmm. It was kind of starting a little the trickling of the booze would come in. And that's what he said, Duke. He said, you fans can stick it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just crazy. Now, Frank, you were nine? Nine years old, yeah. 
nine years nine years, nine years you know what's young. funny about that is i didn't watch the pay-per-view live because i didn't watch right. pay-per-view at that time but like i remember um nash and hall stuff and then i remember hogan being with them just like in my viewing you know mm. what i mean so it was just like oh shit like hogan's with these guys now you know and just knowing that's a big deal and putting them in a another stratosphere last thing i want to say about the fans um there's a dude and i always look at this dude he's like in the front row and like he clearly knows hogan's turning when he comes out oh like wow you guys really? watch like front row cameras yeah. i kind of like a bigger guy and when hogan comes out he starts freaking out, but like different from the way other people, like he, like he knows something's up and then Hogan drops the leg on him and you see him like mark out for like, he knew yeah, it yeah. was coming, you know? And it's just funny <laughs> to see in the crowd, like people, people's reactions. Some people were betrayed, legit hurt, you know? And then oh, yeah. people who were like stoked to see something. There's always been the smart up. fans, bro. Yeah, and yeah. I know what you're talking about. There, there, some fans knew what was up. I was mm-hmm. not one of them, but mm-hmm. um, there were some fans that were in the know. I got to talk about the line Shivani at the end of the pay-per-view wrapping so it up. Good. Good. So good. What do you say, Duke? Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. <laughs> the, the delivery Just is like so that. And then, yeah, you know what's great. funny? So that's a big deal, right? Like, mm-hmm. first off, Tony Schiavone is like a blazing baby face, like very proper dude, never swears, you yeah. know, like stuff like that. So I, I ended up watching the next night's Nitro and, um, Tony Schiavone is like apologizing and stuff. He's like, you know, I'm sorry for what I, you know, I said some things that I probably shouldn't have, but like, you know, emotions were running wild and blah, blah, blah. But just once again, adding to like that, like, I guess like realness yeah. to it, mm-hmm. you know? Because they even Randy, they even Randy up, Anderson, like, I was going to say. Us, yeah. Well, no, go ahead, Frank. No, I was going to say they were playing up like what's going to happen to us, what's going to happen to WCW, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like everything was on the line and mm-hmm. the, that betrayal was like could have been the nail in the coffin, you know? So like it added drama. because It felt like stakes were there were stakes for everybody in the company, not just like top guys. Yeah, I was going to say to add to the realness also, like even Randy Anderson in that match, once Hogan drops the leg, he, like he's shocked. Like yeah. he's almost feeling like, he make they make you feel like it's this is not supposed to happen, you know, quote unquote. But quote, not like, like not part I, of the show. I thought he did a good job though. It's like subtle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he wasn't like making it about him. No. Like he reacted to it and we moved on, you know. Yeah. And it would it was all it was all about the follow-up. Like all these great stories and or great moments in wrestling. Like it's all about the follow-up and it's all about how you you know, piggyback off of these moments. And the NWO was either, you know, doomed to f- doomed to fail because how do you take over a whole entire company unless you are going to rebrand as the NWO, which they did, te- like they kind of flirted with that idea. And I thought that's where they were heading. But mm-hmm. when you talk about um, this big moment, the follow-up, let's get into the follow-up a little bit because we're talking mainly about the anniversary of the of the form, formation of the NWO, but we have to also mention the follow-up and Eric Bischoff's secret being revealed, you know, Eric Bischoff being sort of the mastermind, you know, we had members. I don't know if you guys want to kind of go sequentially, but the fact that DiBiase and Vincent came in, you know, Virgil from the WWF, those guys coming in as the money and and the muscle sort of like yeah. that, that kind of works if you think about it also being former WWF guys. But when you start to talk about the giant joining and Eric Bischoff being the mind behind it all. Yep. Now you're in no man's land. Like you're almost in a no win situation. I think overall, like long-term. Yeah. Like 
the DiBiase thing, like you like you said, that makes sense. I can buy that. They need a money guy, you know, to back them up. Of course, he has ties with Vincent, a.k.a. Virgil from the past. He brings him in, you know, as like a background stooge type of yeah. guy. But like, so Hogan beats the Giant for the WCW <laughs> title, and then the Giant joins the NWO. Two weeks later. Yeah, yeah. like what? what? And he said the, because it's the money. Yeah, Giants, Giants inclusion was always odd because he would come Weird. and go. You and know what I mean? They, he would have I real think, issues. I think yeah. they even figured that out because he was yeah. in it for like a month and they're like, all right, you're going to fight Nash now. You know, like just a lot of questionable stuff. Like you got this new edgy type, you know, like it's kind of like younger guys besides Hogan, you know, trying to take mm -hmm. over and like, let's add uh, VK Wall Street onto this. <laughs> yeah. You know, like let's add the big Bubba. To this yeah, thing. yeah, 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 and know, ultimately like, that's what kills it, right? Like, yeah, all these members, forty guys in the team, you know what I mean? Like, it's just overkill, right? And like we talk about, like, if a, uh, I remember us talking about back in the day, like when MJF had a stable, and it was like there was a guy or two too many, and it felt awkward, you know? And it's like then the NWO was like, oh, half your roster, and yep. like Tooch was saying. They were acting as if they were going to build to another show. And if you're going to mm -hmm. have a whole ass NWO show, you need a roster of guys. Like, I guess it makes sense. But like, since it never happened, it ends up just being a bunch of jabronis wearing NWO shirts, you know, it's just like <laughs> even that was like confusing, though, because it's mm -hmm. like, all right, you're going to have an NWO show. So is the NWO, are they going to fight each other? Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. I never understood yeah. where that was going. Like. That's why I never liked the idea of like SmackDown versus Raw as like brands that mm -hmm. hate each other because every Friday SmackDown's fighting SmackDown and like, yeah, yeah like exactly whatever. That's beside the point. But let's talk about these members a little bit more because the giant, also the imposter sting when I was watching in real time, this got a little tricky to me because I'm not, and then I wasn't a huge follower of, you know, Japan, Japanese wrestling and whatnot. Yeah, but, yeah. Like with with the inclusion of imposter sting, and then you have guys like we talked about it earlier, Frank off the air, but guys like Tenzon and yeah, yeah. you know, obviously the it's very weird to even think that Muda and Chono Chono and yeah. these guys coming in, I know that was going worldwide, and we should before we go any further, not you know, ignore the fact that Bischoff basically borrowed this idea yeah. from Japan. So as the story goes, he was over there. I think it was, was it an all Japan show or was it a new Japan show? Um, anyway, he wanted to basically do an angle where WCW is getting invaded. And he essentially took the idea from Japan, what they were doing over there. And uh, the NWO being like a worldwide thing, I guess that was the idea with guys like Tenzon and Chono. And, yeah. But the fake Sting thing, I, he was such a um, early member and he was such a, I guess, like a long tenured member front too. center. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah. But it, one of the longer tenured guys in the NWO. If you really got, look at it. Yeah. That dude made a whole career out of impersonating Sting. Like did well in Japan. He, he did. Yeah. He, he had well a whole career out of it. So like, armor. what's that say for Sting that someone's out there impersonating <laughs> yeah, him, yeah, like having, true. making money, you know, like good yeah. for, good for him. Yeah. And let's not gloss over the sixth member. One of my all-time favorites. Well, Six technically, five. technically the seventh member, which is oh, ridiculous. Oh, because Vincent would have been six, right? 
No, Vincent's well, after him, though. Fake Sting is technically the sixth member, okay. believe it or not. Imposter Sting is the sixth yeah, member. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's silly. But his uh, name was whack anyway. That name was so stupid. Six. Six. One, two, three. Six, right? Equals. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, yeah. three equals six. <laughs> that's great. Two times Hall of Famer, Sean Waltman. Oh yeah, great. Go. Sean Waltman, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, the greatest of all time, according to Ric Flair. One Sean of, Waltman, one of my favorites of all time, no doubt absolutely. about that. No doubt. And and always reliable as a, a guy that would, you know, carry these matches when they started doing the six mans with Hall yep. and Nash yeah. and Six. And man, if we could talk for a minute, these guys getting to live out their like friendship on tv much like dx on the other show but like these guys being able to just go out and do whatever the hell they wanted like you said earlier like they just got to do whatever they wanted out there as friends that's got to be an awesome feeling that's cool right? it it's is like... sometimes though like too much in my sure opinion. yeah you know i can see what you mean like what cool them stuff. having fun out there doing just whatever yeah yeah the promos i and think stuff. you i think you have to have structure still right you yeah. know like i don't agree with like scripts you know like because i think the best promos in the history of wrestling are from right here. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, but like some of the stuff, I just felt like the horseman parody, like yeah. mm. I, that bothered me, honestly, yeah. like as a fan of like, I get it, man. It's, it's a joke and stuff, but like, they didn't okay that with Arn. Yeah. Anderson. They bothered, they bothered them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like right. Arn Anderson's them. wife had to see that and hear that about it, like his alcohol abuse and stuff. And do you guys know right. that, Arn gave Nash a receipt for that. Oh, did he? Later on, um, I forget when it was, but Nash is in a match and Arn Anderson runs out and he has a pipe, a lead pipe. He cracks him right in the back with as much, with furious anger. Nash said, he said, Nash talked about, he said, that's a receipt. He said, um, something came out of his ass like lightning came out of my ass like he thought i got my receipt for that so like i don't know i just felt like that was kind of disrespectful funny i get it you know what i mean yeah. but like i think sometimes like i don't know man like rick flair is rick flair you know what i mean and like put some respect on that dude's name yeah and they were all they were all fans of flair too which is crazy you know and um i don't know maybe they talked to him about it and stuff but that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's just the old school in me. Waltman yeah. talked about how, how um, at the time, him, you know, he didn't, he like was a fan of Flair, but he, they were just being super disrespectful, and he, he, he regrets it. You know, I think yeah, he sure. really regrets it. Um, but they've made their peace. <laughs> Let's talk about some of these other because the Nasty Boys tried to join the NWO. It was very <laughs> short lived. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. You know. The, the NW beat their ass and kicked them right out. Um, it was just interesting, though, like you said, Frank, guys like uh, Mr. Wal BK Wall Street, Big Bubba, yeah. Rogers. Um, this is the watering down period started to happen. And we're only in January of 97. So what's that? Six months of a yeah. stable. And by then, you've already watered it down and mm -hmm. look is there strength in numbers like did it did it make for a cool visual sometimes when i would pop it on or flip from raw and you got 18 guys walking out to the ring you know hogan will put his title like on vincent's shoulders or mm -hmm. you know six's shoulders just a random guy be holding the world title with the spray painted nwo logo and you're watching these 18 to 20 guys just squad deep in the ring 
cutting a 25, 30 minute promo about whatever they want to talk about. And it did make for a cool visual, but yeah. were the, was there quality in the quantity, you know, cause those yeah. names that we met. Well, some of Let's talk about the quality though. Right. Cause like, let's not just talk about the shitty members. Cause like Buff Bagwell, like mm-hmm. this is the dude that was a geek, you know, yeah. American males, like male, yeah. wearing, you know, the Cabarichis in the ring with the cowboy boots and the frosted tips. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I like Buff. I think that gave him a whole new deal. You know, yeah. um, I think Scott Norton with them made sense. Scott yeah. Norton mm-hmm. was a badass. He was cool. Like, I think he needed something. It definitely wasn't like fire and ice with ice train. Like Scott right. Norton specifically is one that I accept as an NWO member, yeah. but he didn't do it for me, you know, but like mm-hmm. I look at him as like, I think every time I think Scott Norton, I only think of NWO. Yeah. You know and not everybody has to be. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you have to have like some secondary players, you know, and I thought that he fit, you know, and eventually I thought that Scott Steiner fit. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I thought loved, I thought Conan fit personally. I don't yeah. know about how you guys felt, but yeah, I thought no. I, I, I way thought better Conan than Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He got to once again, like, kind of be himself, so, you know, yeah. and like he had that whole you know spiel he would do with the Wolfpack. Um, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, Conan's another good call. Um, well, he gave them I, a little bit of credibility. Conan did. Um, as the cool factor, you know, because yeah, he did have some sure. old guys. He had like my, like Mike Wall Street was and even Bub- big no, bubble rock god bless Bubba, the yeah. big boss man exactly. Bro, and like i love those guys yeah, right yeah. you know what in I mean? a different way yeah different exactly yeah. like yeah i think rotundo is for sure hall of famer i think it's a travesty he's not there you know but like no not in this dude yeah. you know like you guys think buff bagwell worked so well because he was a young gun that they needed like an up-and-comer or did he just have it like do you think could, did he work for I you guys though because i thought it worked think... for me yeah, for sure. I think Buff definitely had something to him. You know, I think he was he had charisma. And once again, you need guys for these six man matches, you yeah. know, and and to do the job, you know, when they're teaming with Hall and Nash and Hogan and yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? Like mm. and then Scott Steiner later, once again, a whole reinvention. Like yeah. and led without the, the NWO, part, yeah. there's no big yeah. pop of punk. Yeah. Period. Like mm. that's a thing. Scott Steiner was probably the guy who re like imagined his whole spiel yeah. the most of guys yep. who just because usually just guys were just bad guys with an NWO shirt suddenly. Exactly. You know what I mean? But like he changed his whole look. Yep. He looked more freaky with the muscles than ever before. You know, he was everything. He was juiced out of his mind. So yep. Scott Steiner gave himself a solo career because of the NWO, I think. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like obviously oh, 100%. He had, obviously he had it, but it was just like he became a top guy because of his yeah. NWO uh because you know, affiliation. He he was former wcw tv champion right like he was mm-hmm. scott steiner like yeah but he wasn't he didn't go to that next level until he became big papa pump and that was because of the nwo yeah right two of your favorites i think duke you as well all three of us are two of our favorites macho man randy savage and mr perfect kurt henning now these are guys that they're not um we'll call them enhancement talent they're not lower end guys they're the cool they're two of the coolest of all time two of the greatest of all time but they just didn't work in the nwo Mm-mm. and frank why do you think it didn't work well i will or say did it work for you yeah i was gonna say i did like match in the nwo but i was just a sucker you know what i mean so sort of yeah. like seeing macho man black and white i'm a sucker for it 
Um, but I can see what you're saying. I don't know with perfect though. He, he just is another guy just that didn't felt like he fit, but it also felt like he didn't need them. You know what I mean? Like to me personally, and like, not that he couldn't have been in a crew because when they were like te- teasing perfect as the a horseman. horseman, you know what that I mean? Like that to me is perfect. You know what I mean? And like him going to the NWO instead, it just, just the vibe is off. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's not because obviously we think perfect is one of the greats. Right. But it's just like the mix isn't there. You tell me Conan, it feels like a fit. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean Conan is anything compared to perfect, but it's just a matter of fitting into this crew. And some guys yeah. just did it. Bubba and and Mike Wall Street are ex- the obvious examples, you know, but I think perfect on a bigger scale because of how good he was and how, you know, legendary his career was up to that point. Obviously not working. And he didn't that. feel like he needed a crew. Yeah, he did it. He didn't need them, no. you know, and was, and I think it played out that way, you know, because he, he was second fiddle to all those guys. And it was a kind of, almost disrespectful for him he was just another guy in the in the team and it's like perfect shouldn't just be another guy as far as i'm concerned yeah but the way it worked with savage um being the guy that hogan sort of always has that you know sort of um dissension with and he's the guy that hogan turned on to join it and you're talking about from july of 96 to january of 97 when when savage joins once again only six seven months and it's like all right i already forgot you know your betrayal it's yeah, true also, but you know yeah go ahead duke sorry no they dropped the ball too mm-hmm. in my opinion with that because like it was sting like sting comes back and turns his back on macho man i'm sure you guys remember that and like mm-hmm. macho man doesn't take him out so it's like sting and macho man then they're like a team now and they're gonna face the nwo and like i was like that's cool as shit yeah. like Macho Man and Sting, Sting's going to keep recruiting dudes to fight, and it just goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, Macho Man just goes to the NWO. It's like, yeah, I, I know. I mean, like, we I got some all-time GOAT ring mat- uh, attire. For sure. Yeah, yeah, ahead, yeah. Frank. And like, I know, like, ultimately, it doesn't make the most, but I think I'm always apologetic to the fact of what the NWO was initially, and it was the guys from New York, you know what right. I mean, who kind of came down. and. You could say, I mean, about all of these guys, Bubba and Wall Street and all them as well. But yep. Mach was a, the guy over there in New York for a while. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that still applies to me because it feels like you should be a member, not the giant. You know what I mean? Because he's not an outsider. He's not one of these guys invading, you know, not, you know what I'm saying? So, like, when Mach was like another top guy joining to me, I, you know, being a sucker and it's 1997, I was into it, you know, but come and on. And I'm that. with you if it's yeah. Hogan. Paul, Nash, Kid, Macho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah from yeah. the beginning, yeah, from the yeah. jump. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to have the top guy, top guy oh, that's yeah. sure. I'd love that. Yeah. Exactly. Me yeah, too. Exactly. It's like the invasion thing that they missed out on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of. Yeah. Can't sure. have a WCW invasion without the like Goldberg, Sting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. For sure. So, so, so what about another guy? Top, top guy in WWF. Well, tippity top, I think at some point. Um. It was a dual appearance yeah. for Rick Rude. This is this is a famous mm. situation mm-hmm. where both simultaneously being on Raw and Nitro, Rick Rude, one of the only guys, I think the only guy that can claim to have done that on the same night, especially. Same night. Yeah, he's the only one. Yeah, yeah. only one, right? And uh, Rick Rude joining the NWO, he felt like much like he wasn't DX, like an insurance policy past his wrestling career. But mm-hmm. him just standing around, I mean, that even kind of works for me. Him as an NWO member in a way, but um, to be outshined, 
it's weird how you can outshine a guy like Rick Rude, and even sometimes Kurt Henning felt outshined. And like, uh, you know, I mean, you know, the guy was at the end of his career. Yeah, you know, he couldn't go. He's anymore. in a suit. Yeah, he's in a yeah, suit. He's in a suit. You know, like, yeah. I was cool. I liked him more in the NWO than I did in DX. I'll say that. Sure. I'll say. And like, listen, man, Kurt Henning was there. They're old buddies. They're like mm-hmm. best friends. You know, as far as. I don't know if they're best best friends, but they're yeah. very close friends. Like he got to hang out with his buds. They, they're yeah. having a lot of fun. And same with Hennig. That's probably why he joined, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and and for Rude, what I will point out that like why I like it in retrospect is he left the WWE because he was hot over Brett getting screwed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was pissed off and he didn't want to work for them anymore. So he went over there yep. as more of an FU to them and so like I yeah, it's pretty it cool. Those Very honorable. That, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because so. a lot of guys say they were mad. Like yeah, but they, but they stayed. like Taker was mad. Taker wasn't going to go to TV. He went. Yeah. Mick yeah. Foley didn't go right. to TV. Yeah. yeah. But like, I mean, it worked out for Mick Foley, right? Yeah. Like going back. But yeah, I, I do. I do admire that about Rick Rude. Sometimes like having pride will like hurt you and being yeah. honorable and stuff. But um. I think that's cool that he like stood up for Brett. For sure. What do you guys um know about Luis Piccoli joining in January of ninety eight? Yeah. So style. actually join or was he just like kind of yeah, one of those joined. fringe guys? He did because like but he did, died did like Disco right after ever joined. Uh, like uh, is Disco actually a member or was he? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Was he end. okay? Because I but thought Spicoli, he was like, on the fringe. He was like um. I think they finally initiated him in the Wolfpack, at least the Wolfpack version mm-hmm. in uh, in January 98. And then he dies a month later. Yeah. Interesting. Shame. But Luis Piccoli, I didn't want to, you know, gloss over him because we're trying to go through some of the members. Dude, I do want to. Piccoli, like, those dudes loved him. You know what I mean? Like, there's wrestling yeah. heads. Paul and Nash loved. were big yeah. fans. Dude, there's yeah. wrestling guys who, like, love Luis Piccoli. Like, his name comes up in so many of these books I read. You know what I mean? As a guy, like, that people mess with. And, you know, and he died. Unfortunately, he died young, but. Like that they liked him, or they thought he was talented. They liked him. They liked okay. him. You know what I mean. I don't know what they thought of him as like an in-ring yeah. guy or whatever, but like, but he had a lot of like people in high places that actually like loved him. You know, mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. he would have been around. You know, it, it, Louis McCauley would have been a guy like I wonder how if we would have been sick of him by the time his run was done. Had right. Him, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he would have been all over WCW TV probably. Yeah. Well, I mentioned um, what the what was the plan with WCW with the NWO in WCW? Was it to have its own brand? Was that the ultimate you know idea? But they would have their own pay per view sold out, mm-hmm. which you know it had the ring mat with the NWO logo and the spray paint logo, and it was just it was draped in the NWO colors. Their pay per views, and in the, in the second sold out, you got the turn of Dusty Rhodes who joined the NWO, and this is where you go. I believe this is where it started to get. They just lost their way completely. Yeah, you jumped the shark here, I believe, you know, like at this yeah. point. That this feels like all... the most pointless, not pointless, mm-hmm. but the most like, okay, like what are we doing now? Dusty, yeah. Dusty, you know what I mean? Like even, no offense to Dusty or whatever, but it's like, what does Dusty Rose have to do with like the NWO? Like what is he getting out of that? You know what I'm saying? Like what are the audience, what is the audience getting out of Dusty Right, Rose? what's the payoff? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just doesn't make sense other than like now he's a commentator. You know what I mean? Like at yeah. the time. So it's like, it's just like, come on, what are we doing? You know, like Dusty, you know, it's nothing 
no hate on Dusty, no disrespect to Dusty, but it's just like talk about a pointless like in, inductee into the group. You know what I mean? It was just a matter of he's a name, get him in. That's what it felt yeah. like. And also very contrary, you know, yeah. like yeah, this yeah. is a guy yeah. that's all about tradition. Yeah. And then I remember when he turns, he's like, that's tradition right there. And it's like, no, it's not, but it's sure. Not, yeah. Like, Whatever. I'm glad, I'm glad you're getting that NWO money now, Stardust. Yeah. And you think about it now with Dusty Rhodes joining, we're it's January of 98, I think. So you're a year and a half into the stable. And look, it's hard to make anything last with with quality, but um, people love this bloodline stuff. You know, that's you could argue if it's for you or not, but um, they've had a nice almost two year run now. I think it's got to be over two years, maybe, but they've kept it simple, at least is my point. Like they haven't started, you know, solo. Sokoa was a very calculated addition because he's part of the family, part of the bloodline. But with the NWO, like you said, jumping the shark, once you put Dusty in, Brian Adams would follow. Uh, another guy from up north that could have worked early on. Maybe I know you're not a huge crush fan, Frank, no, but yeah. um, but another guy who early left, on, uh, it because, could have worked. Another guy who left because of Brett, uh, supposedly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, being annoyed about that situation, Brian Adams. Yeah, right. He's, and he's just not that guy to me. <laughs> right. And then you had Scott Steiner, who we mentioned, who betrayed his brother, Rick, and he's now part of the NWO by February 98. And eventually the legend, the legend. Um, are you talking about brother Brudai? Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Who I'm talking about the disciple, you mean? Yeah. Hogan's lackey. I remember I didn't know who that was, dude. I, I didn't know who that was for yeah. many, many years. Yep, and he grew a beard. How did they pull and, that off where we just don't know who a guy is? He looked, is, you know? thin, well, he looked thin. He just looked different. Let me tell you that when Gold Dust debuted, I didn't know that was Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> me so neither. Here I am. You yeah. know, so he like, pulls the wig off. Put a wig on that man. I'm like, who the hell is this? I had no <laughs> idea who that was, bro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he hits, of course, using the Stone Cold Stunner. Like, what a dork, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, I know. The apocalypse. Yeah. Get out of here. Terrible. Never worked. And then I'm, I'm I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but another guy, part of the Hogan familia, but Horace Hogan uh, eventually yeah, coming well, in. Talk about not working in a stable. Uh, by this point, though, the NWO, as we know, it is done. You know, we're talking Horace and we're talking even Disco and, you know, Brian Adams even maybe. Like, Brian Adams probably the last of it. Like, because that's Brian Adams, Scott Steiner. You get Brian Adams, Scott yeah, Steiner. Yeah, exactly. Then. So, like, they're doing a little bit of business. Brian Adams having a lot of matches, but after that, it's like it's kind of you started getting heel referees. Nick Patrick yeah, is part yeah. of the NWO, you know. Yeah, what I'm before saying? like before we move on from like the sold out idea, I always thought that was so stupid. To, right, like you're putting on a pay per view, you have your referee. How how are you losing a match? Just that's quick why I said it was flawed yeah. from the beginning. Everybody, like, you know as what great I mean? as, like as great as the NWO idea is, it's flawed from the beginning because you got to think about an end point in any great story, or at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. You should have a beginning and an end. Everything mm -hmm. else you can, you know, it can flow. You know what I mean? Like you should have a, a beginning, like even in a match, we'll start here. We're going to finish here, you know, and you, yeah. you can fill in the blanks. Like, you know, that's why I know you guys aren't big Star Wars fans, but like the new Star Wars movies, they didn't even have a beginning and an end. Yeah, yeah. They had one writer, a new, yeah. I'm sorry, one director, a new director comes in, undoes what he does, and then in episode nine, he undid what he did. Yeah. So, like, 
in between you can fill in, but you have to have a beginning and the end. And they didn't have that. And I was going to make a similar like analogy as you do. Cause like, cause I was thinking they probably had an idea of an ending and then they sold 8 billion NWO. Yeah. Parts, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And what I was going to say was like the show lost. If you guys watch lost. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like a first strong season and they yep. probably were going to end it very short. And it was so popular. It ended up going five, six seasons, whatever it did. Yep. And by the end, you got nothing out of it. The ending felt flat for a lot of people yeah. because it yep. was just like, oh, you guys didn't really know how to wrap this up. You know what I mean? Yep. Which, mm -hmm. you know, Duke is the, a commenting and comic book storylines too. No yep. matter how great it is, let's wrap this up now at the end. And you always, I feel like majority of time in these big comic book events, I leave like, it was oh, cool that sure. the ending didn't work for me, you know? Even just... when like you'll go back, like if you rewatch Lost or if you reread, a book series mm -hmm. you know you'll be like man why don't i like this this is so good yeah and then you read there. the end it's like oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's why yeah, yeah exactly well it takes um a certain i don't know if wrestling writers or whoever was writing this stuff back then or or booking you know it takes a pretty talented group of guys or one guy to be able to roll with the punches and other shows I, I've loved Twin Peaks didn't have an end, but David Lynch, he's a guy, I guess, that could roll with the punches. He could figure out a way to tell it his way. There was no yeah. guy, though, in WCW that's according to what you hear that was taking the lead. And because Bischoff gets credit and I and I do want to talk about Bischoff towards the end here. But um, if he was really running the show, wouldn't he? be able to reel these guys in and, and, and come up with like a little bit of a timeline and make yeah. this work better. If he Fish was really in charge, lost in the sauce. Yep. He became one of the boys, which is what he always wanted. Yep, he's a mark. <laughs> and that's, he's a mark. that's the difference between him and Vince, dude. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Vince is the boss. Always. You always right. knew every wrestler that worse. ever worked there yeah every wrestler that ever worked there says i know who the boss is and in wcw that wasn't they, the they, case they say the opposite <laughs> you know, nobody yeah, knew it was who the it, boss was, was. it was the wild wild west you know and like i don't want to sit here and shit on bischoff because he did something that no one ever did he almost put the wwf out of business bro yeah like close he did that and like you know the winner you know gets to tell the story you know and these guys now <laughs> yeah. will say like oh well bischoff stole talent and blah 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 um do you have an hour to talk about vince mcmahon yeah like his what he's done yeah after sure. his father promised that's wrestling you know what i mean like exactly. i hate that argument and that's i'm cool wrestling. with it yeah, yeah i'm yeah. cool with it but mm -hmm. like don't act like you didn't do the same thing yeah they you all stole, do it dude you they stole paulie's whole fucking identity mm -hmm. ecw Listen. Attitude era. Mm -hmm. Come on, and man. Paul, and Paul Lee did it as well. He took Absolutely. all those New Japan guys and those Lucha Libre guys. You know what I mean? Like they all, that's the name of the game. And like also... we talk about like gimmicks, like everybody steals gimmicks too, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, like that's what mm -hmm. we do. That's why it's so special when someone does their own thing. Yeah. I think with the NWO with Bischoff, like just like I said, not having a, an end game is what. It's just mind boggling because what could have been and all that stuff, we can get into what could have been or how you guys might have booked it to to finish up or to get, I guess, wrapped in a bow. What are you saying about um what was your like thought when you were saying they had an idea, but they made a sold a 
trillion t-shirts were you saying that they were thinking like in your mind what was the plan i think they i don't know what that i don't know what the plan was right because we saw how it spiraled so crazy but like i think like like any booker or storyteller you have an idea you know what i mean and you have mm -hmm. an idea of how you would like to finish it up but once it once business changes the world you know what i mean as we know it you know what i mean it becomes like a different thing you know and you have to sort of yeah adjust on the fly and you had a bunch of guys like what does eric bishop know about writing a story you know what i mean like what does what does eric mm -hmm. bishop know about booking a territory even you know what i mean like not that he was officially the guy you know he just got that job he was an announcer you know what i'm saying yeah. so like we gotta not act like he had all these credentials you know but he did something great it was hot for a while you know and it didn't last unfortunately but I also, just think some, sometimes it works. Sometimes it works. Like, you know, Bischoff being around the business. I don't think he was, a, we talked about earlier, like a, a genuine born and bred fan. Like, I don't think he was um, a fan of the business from a young age and stuff like that. Yeah. Guys like uh, the, the Miami Heat's coach Spolstra, like he was a guy mm -hmm. working in the film room, but he just got upgraded and upgraded to being finally like their coach. He's done great, probably because he's passionate about the game of basketball. But Bischoff, I guess... Did he love pro wrestling? Uh, debatable, right? Was yeah, he I mean, it? he's been he was in the business for a while. Though, yeah, you know what I mean, like, so like, I don't know. He was AWA. Who guy, knows? You know, and all that. But like, loving it or not, you have to treat it as a business too. You know, yeah. and like, he just he wanted to hang out. He wanted to get laid. I'm sure he wanted to go party <laughs> with these guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Look at him, man. Like he's wearing the leather jacket. He's out with the NWO cool and he's guy. having a great yeah, he thought he was cool, you know. And like it's, well, we skipped karate. over it, but how did it like I know you guys didn't like it, but did was it um was it a total buzzkill for you? Bischoff being in the NWO and being revealed oh, yeah. as like the guy stupid. Yeah, I it. definitely remember being like annoyed often when he would come out. Like I hated yep. him. You know what I mean? Yep. And it just felt like the boss trying to like dip his toes into what the cool kids are doing you know what i mean like yeah. he just gave that energy always like, off right now vince mcmahon yeah yeah these Never. guys are invading your company mm -hmm. and you just join them yeah mm -hmm. it just right. i don't know it yeah. just doesn't make sense just sometimes you just say stuff out loud you know what i mean it's like because mm -hmm. in the beginning i loved his reaction yeah yeah where's the where's the guy you did the yeah. talk. Where's the wall? He was good with he's that a, stuff. He's a because he's a dork, John. Yeah, because he's a genuine geek, and he was just <laughs> being him, you know. And like I love that. I love Bischoff, like as an announcer in WCW, because he Me was too. passionate, you know. But like then, you know, everybody, everybody wants to be cool, be the cool mm -hmm. guy, yeah, and yeah. like this is what happens. Stevie Ray joins the NWO, dude. Yeah. Like Stevie Ray, huh? come on, man. Like what are we doing? And like, and the thing about Bischoff, you know what I mean? Like, and when we talk about him, like modern day Bischoff, like he's he talks like he was like this flawless Booker, this flawless, you know what I mean, guy. And it's like, dude, mm -hmm. you're doing. I'm I watched you do karate in multiple different companies' rings. Like, you thought that would was would get over for whatever reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're a mark, and like it's it, with nwo and wcw they have like there's a lot of moments that people point to is like when was was it this was it the finger poke of doom was it the ending the streak was it you know what i mean there's like a million of these like moments that people are like it was the downfall of nwo downfall of wcw and but like bischoff was in charge during a lot of it you know what i mean mm -hmm. like eventually it becomes vince russo's problem but like bischoff was in charge of he was the guy during a lot of that stuff and people like to conveniently forget when they're like stroking him off on his podcast or whatever mm -hmm. you know what i mean that was like this guy as good as a moment as he had 
sometimes you just catch fire. You know what I mean? And I wonder with Bischoff if it was a matter of right place, right time, these guys' contracts ending, you know what I mean? Luckily for him, they're the coolest dudes in pro wrestling history. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Luckily for him, Hogan goes along with the plan because Hogan easily could have ended the whole shit from the day one. You know what I mean? And lucky for him, Hogan decides, you know, maybe he can make a lot of money off of this. I think Eric Bischoff is the, you know, one of the luckiest promoters like history when we look at it. Yeah. At moments, every a lot of promoters have moments, but like he he reaches this like tippy top, you know, because of a certain a few smart moves and a few bad moves by Vince, you know, and um now he gets credit as like a goat where I like I wonder because it's like really WCW was cool from 1995 to 1998. You know what I mean? And then 99 and on, it was wishy-washy. Well, at best, yeah, you know what cool, I mean? and then, cool is subjective, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel what you're saying because there are some like little blips in those early WCW days that Duke and I really love. But uh, 99 even, there's some, I mean, you get your Vampiro. You get some of that stuff. But let's talk about, um, you know, the fact that this NWO idea, how it just branched out and how it got so watered down when you talk about NWO Hollywood versus Wolfpack. And then we, when we split them up, we really officially got the demise of, um, I guess you would call it like just any kind of importance that the NWO had in like in WCW, it felt watered down. Like when you split the brand, the, 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 the factions and you got the red versus I don't know if that worked for you guys as far as like a feud. Like, did you want to see Nash as the leader of the Wolfpack take down NWO Hollywood? Like, was that because now it's just. I did like when Nash would oppose Hogan. Yeah. So I was. Yes, I was into that. But then they put Hall with Hogan. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. The outsiders, the guys that started the invasion are now separated yeah. so but also not no offense but guys that just like square pegs and round holes like nash and savage as wolf pack mm, maybe but then when you put luger in the wolf pack yeah yeah i was gonna don't work luger. like yeah no nah, not yep. for me and like even stinger you know what i mean like yep it's the weird one you know what i mean and it's also his worst face my thing. least favorite sting I mean, yeah <laughs> like his worst face and long hair sting and he had a beard once do you guys remember that beard like, Arm, like, he had yeah. like a goatee yeah. goatee Painted yeah, on goatee or yeah, yeah it was a real goatee but um yeah. you know it was just weird fit like i was into red and black give me conan give me you know hall give me you know what i mean there was like a few guys but other than like liking how the shit looked and liking the wolfpack song mm-hmm. not my favorite moments as a nwo fan also speaking of wolfpack sting one of my all-time dream matches happened mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean anything to me because, because it's wolfpack sting right wolfpack sting and they didn't give a shit him and mm-hmm. bret hart actually yeah. end up wrestling finally and uh yeah bret hart by the way nwo member hollywood or hollywood version coming out wearing uh, Hogan shirts which is just made so a, rant. So it made very, it made a lot of sense, John. You know, two guys that very much so don't Bret like Hart, each other for him to join the NWO Hollywood. Bret Hart coming out wearing the greatest of all time shirt. That's interesting. When you think about the greatest of all time, subjectively wearing he the greatest of all shirt. times shirt. He wore his own shirts a lot. Yeah, I remember that. Yo, what do you think about if from the jump it was Bret Hart as the third man? Does it have the same impact? I mean, it's going to be still huge, but like, would it have worked 
in the same way. I think it kind of, in a weird way, could have been cooler. Sure. I but... mean, it could have worked because it's you get that full invasion thing. Yeah, uh, right. It's like a know? debut of Bret Hart, yeah. and it's like, mm-hmm. whoa, he's the third. Yeah, it would have been. It's awesome. hard to say if it would have yeah. been. Because Hogan was, he just played that role so well. Like, mm-hmm. and like, by the way, Hogan had so much fun during this time. If you just, yeah. if you just look at him, like. He's being this like evil jerk, but he's having so much fun doing it. Yeah. It's just it's a lot of fun to watch now, actually, uh, retroactively. And Brett, uh, the screw job hadn't happened yet. And Hogan had a reason because these fans, I guess at that time, Brett, he was getting mixed reactions because of Austin, I guess, around 96. Right. But what would have been his like reason, I guess, to go heal? I don't know. He hated America, money, brother. He hated America, the money. He wasn't. (laughs) He wasn't there yet, though. He wasn't at the anti-American thing. Right, but um, that's true. You know, once the NWO got into the split, like I said, it it started to at least for me get watered down. But it got even more watered down when you go through. Now, you guys brought up the finger poke of doom, and I've defended it before on this show that I think actually, I liked it because it created much like a much needed moment. I mean, I know the title is kind of being thrown to the side as like a prop or whatever, but yeah, it's like, okay, now I'm back invested. Like they're going to try to restart this thing from the beginning, give the belt back to Hogan. Who's like the God of wrestling. And that, you know, in so many people's eyes, like I don't think the finger poke of doom is the demise of NWO is my point. Like, I think it actually created kind of a buzz again, but you might be on well, the other side of the fence. No, not at all. I think that was it served its purpose. Like you said, they wanted to get one faction back. This is the quickest way to do it. Hogan, here's your belt back. We're all together now. Let's let's fix it. Fix this. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it was too late. You know, the NWO was dead before that, man. Like, yeah, yeah. If you that if was anyone, more of a end. Uh, that was more of a WCW yeah. That was. Now. yeah exactly that was the end of wcw the nwo was dead when they added you know big bubba yeah Yeah, exactly i mean before that that. yeah it's true it's true it's true true. you have hulk hogan razor ramon and diesel scott hall and kevin nash like hall of famers first ballot what are we doing adding in these guys that have nothing to do with them you know like like i said it make it the elite no pun intended because there is a Mm -hmm. You know, mm-hmm. something called the elite, but mm-hmm. Macho Man, perfect. Paul, Nash, Hogan, like the best of the best, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like and have them run stuff, you know, like you can add buff in, give some of these guys the rub. But like, yeah, man, it was it was. And like we talked about the giant, like it was dead mm-hmm. before the finger poke of doom. But I do. I think um, despite that timeline that we kind of like, you know, went through pretty quickly there, but. A year to a year and a half of something being so hot and so great, that's hard to do. So we're kind of like, I'm kind of getting into the demise of the NWO and like how it got watered down. But I do want to concentrate on the greatness of the NWO because that's what we're here to talk about. And I want to say they did give us multiple great matches slash feuds slash moments. And a couple that I wanted to point out was like, savage working with ddp that really helped ddp get to the next level sure goldberg and hogan helped goldberg get to the next level even if you want to get into 
I know people will say this is a demise, but hey, it created a big moment. Kevin Nash beating Goldberg for the time, you know, ending the streak was at part of the NWO. Technically, he was part of the Wolfpack. Like the NWO umbrella gave, you know, a lot of um, big moments for the WCW brand. Can you guys think of any other big, I guess, or important feuds or matches that happened within? Because there were some clunkers there when you start adding like Kevin Green and, and things like that. I do think the Rodman inclusion was awesome, though. I'm sorry. I think it, it worked. I didn't. Yeah, you know, I didn't at the time, but I was just probably like, it's cool looking back just because of how big of a star he was. But, like, all of that Rodman stuff, it's like, even watching, like, re-watching, I'm just like, I'm not into it, especially once Carl Malone is in the picture <laughs> and, and Jay Leno. And all. once Jay it gets Leno. to that point, it's yep. like, oh, man. But once again, a big a big talk but about big star. match. Yeah, no, no doubt. You can't deny it. I mean, he was in the yep. finals. You know, yep. he was yep. winning the championships and then showing up as NWO member on the weekend is like, what? Crazy. Yeah, I mean, we're never big fans of like the celebrity, celebrity. involvement, but like it got eyes on their product for sure. Yeah. So like it's hard to, you know, it's one of those double edged swords, I think. Like it was good for WCW, but it was kind of I liked Rodman, too. But like you said, Carmelo and Jay Leno, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was ridiculous, but it did get eyes on their product. I was thinking, I'm glad you brought this up, John, because um, I was thinking about, like, great matches, and I was like, there aren't really great matches with the NWO, but so many moments. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. we'd be silly to sit here and talk about the NWO and not mention Sting, obviously. Exactly. Dude. You know, coming back yeah. in the black and white, courtesy of Scott Hall, by the way. Yeah. That was yeah. an idea that Scott Hall floated by the Stinger. Um, when he shows up in that black and white, you're like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Then he doesn't speak for a year. And then all throughout that year, he's showing up and, you know, fighting off the NWO, dropping from the rafters. Like, so many awesome moments. Another one I remember is Raven's debut with WCW. And it was like, what's he going to do? Who's he going to join? And the end of Nitro is, it's like, the NWO in one corner, Raven in the other, Sting in the other, and somebody else in the other. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, yeah. And just up once again, nothing ever came of it, yeah, yeah. you know, but just so many cool moments and like such a big impact. I remember seeing people in the mall with the colors on for life, brother. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, like, we'll, we'll get remember, to that. Yeah, like the the big um, just yeah, a lot of memorable moments more than matches for me, I would yeah. say. And like something small but pops me every time is Scott Hall coming out and doing his survey every mm-hmm. week, every town. Yep. Pops me every time. Yep. You know, I love that stuff. You know, it's you're interesting here to see how WCW. They did that. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, yeah, <laughs> the end. Now, it's weird that they did that um, as heels. You could argue, yeah. was that smart wrestling character stuff? But they were just so damn cool, it didn't matter. Uh, Duke, you bringing up this thing thing, 100 billion percent. It doesn't happen without the NWO, without Hulk Ho- Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And once again, was it a great match? We reviewed it back in our, uh, you know, in our uh, Halloween Havoc 97 episode, I guess it was. And... The match doesn't deliver because of some shenanigans, but um, the build was top 
notch top 10 maybe it's just such a good build once again because of the nwo and yeah tons of moments tons and tons of moments the nwo created even the stuff with piper training in alcatraz i love that build it's silly for some people but and we, once again i think we reviewed that steel cage match with hogan terrible terrible <laughs> match but the build was cool mm-hmm. um so th- yeah nwo was chock full of moments and Eventually, we should talk about how it became just a shell of itself. Not only did the Wolfpack and Hollywood stuff kind of water it down, but do you guys remember Silver and Black NWO? Or should we not even talk about that? Because this was really the end of the NWO for me. that's true. That's true. Until. By the way. Yeah. Awesome dudes in it, right? Like, we shouldn't be, like, sighing when we talk about this. No. but. It just didn't work, man. Like, yeah. like we said, That's... the NWO was dead. They tried. This was the end of '99, so you were really getting towards the end of WCW in general. But um, they Weren't tried. Were they called by... NWO 2000? Yeah, 2000, exactly. Yeah, 2000. Everything was 2000. Everything was 2000, and God, you know, when look, Jeff Jarrett, I have a weird love hate for him. I, I, I just sometimes wish he wasn't involved in certain things like that i love but um here he is involved in this because he's like you know another forrest gump type of guy in wrestling where he's just involved in fucking everything and you got jeff jarrett you got scott steiner scott hall kevin nash bret hart and then the harris boys the harris brothers (laughs) yeah that's all because of jeff jarrett you know it's like oh man just weird but um we should at least were they called were they called ron and don harrison the harris brothers were they the harris brothers um we should at least talk about just because the nwo it did transcend wcw technically by uh not only being worldwide with you know new japan and japan japanese wrestling but the wwf even had to inject the poison of the nwo (laughs) into their to their veins when Vince McMahon revealed that he was going to bring in the the NWO. And we got Hogan, Hall, and Nash initially, the trio, from the jump. We've talked about this. We've talked about this, I believe, in our Stables episode, but just the way they were presented right off the bat was silly. Their demeanor, their whole motivation, it was just very strange. We got a couple good laughs out of it, though. I I actually enjoyed some of the stuff that they did before, you know, they ruined them inevitably. But like one of the initial promo, though, did you like that? Like the Vince? No, when no like friendly guys. Is that what you're talking about, John? Boy? Yeah, I actually don't. Friendly guys. I don't remember. Okay, well, rewatch it. It's really silly. It's a no way out pay-per-view NWO acronym. they, They acted like they weren't. They're yeah, we're her. good guys, you know what yeah. I mean? And they run into the rock, I think, right? Backstage. That so, you know, I remember just... that's at like a raw or something. That I remember and I enjoy that a lot. Because that's Hogan's funny like, stuff. Look, yeah. brothers, it's my it's my son's favorite wrestler. And then like <laughs> yeah, the yeah. rock like clowns them all. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I like there's a lot of cool stuff, like um, when he's gonna run the rock down with the truck, do the send up your Ford lifestyle, brother. Like the shit that he <laughs> yeah. says. Oh, it's funny like, stuff. Yeah, it's funny. I once again, it, though, like, I don't think everything result? they didn't have a plan. Yeah. Well, yeah. What did they do once again? Add they add the big show. Here's here's the giant back Full for his tea. second tenure. 
You know, like, come on, dude. Yeah, like Booker. Even Hogan's run didn't last long because they turned on him at yeah. WrestleMania 18. So it was short lived there. But um, the only sporadic- good that came, the only good that came of Nash blowing his knee out in oh. the WWE was that I didn't have to watch more than one night of Shawn Michaels in an NWO <laughs> shirt. You know and I, mean? I love that. Did you surprise, did surprise. you like um did you like his bob that he had at the time? Yeah, exactly. His bob haircut. Hair. You liked NWO, Sean? Oh, I was Dude. so hype. That's Brutal. gross. See, I, I'm a diesel and Sean guy, so I just wanted to yeah. see those guys back together. We got the big. You know what five. else is cool? <laughs> you guys haven't seen this in a while. Um, there's a segment with Brock backstage in the NWO, hmm. and it's hmm. Brock. Um Brock and Pauly, and then it's X-Pac, Nash, Sean, and Big Show. And something happens where somebody got screwed in a match. Oh, X-Pac got screwed in a match, and then Paul Heyman's like, guys, you know, please, you know, stay out of, like, our match tonight. We don't want Brock to get screwed, blah, blah, whatever. But um, Pauly is in X-Pac's face, and then Brock pushes him aside, and Brock gets in Xbox face and then Sean comes up and gets in Brock's face. Oh, and then yeah. Nash is like, nah, nah Nash yeah. pushes him aside and Nash is in Brock's face. It's Love cool that. as shit. It's a real, yeah, I, gotta, I don't know, really remember that. I gotta look it up. Yeah, man. it's cool. That's a great thing. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of like, obviously, NWO is done. You know what I mean? But like, seeing these interactions are kind of cool. You know, to let me get like, it straight. No, I was hyped when this happened. And yeah. even when you include Sean, but it, it did get off track when you put the big show in again. It just we doesn't... reviewed the WrestleMania, you know, yeah. like putting Scott Hall with Austin. Like, I just I think there was a lot of missed opportunities, you know, yeah. and Hall could yeah. still go too at that time. I just think. um Hogan and Austin was the one, you know, let Razor oh, yeah. work, Rocky, no you know, like, I mean, we end up missing out on one of the greatest matches of all time probably with but i don't know it's just i think it was once again a cool idea and poor execution yeah well besides the sporadic appearances you know we got the nwo at wrestlemania 31 when they helped sting in a match for triple h which made next to no sense at all but uh besides that the nwo i just saw i think the other day they're still a top five merch seller for the WWE. Wow. Okay. So you're talking about 25 years later and the WWE, if nothing else, um, they're cashing in on Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, mm-hmm. Hollywood Hogan, Eric Bischoff, even yeah. all these guys that did this thing way back when for a whole other company. It's just crazy how the WWE continues to make money on it. And it's because it really was that impactful. It really was that big of a deal. Duke, you said it. If you didn't live through it, you might not be able to grasp it. But um, I can't think of anything to compare it to. I can't think of anything that could happen today to uh, even, you know, that could like make you uh feel like similar vibes i mean the forbidden door pay-per-views with aew are like an open door policy it's like a friendly handshake type thing it's not like an invasion type of vibe Mm -hmm. and invasion storylines are usually terrible now anyway right like i don't think everybody does it's just easy to pull that card you know what i mean like impact does it ring of honors done you know what i mean like every company has done some kind of invasion so it's like i like the idea of invasion still me too you just 
but just then don't what? Really end up, but yeah, they don't end up yeah. the way you hope. But never, yeah, because it's hard to book it. It's hard to yeah. book the ending. Mm-hmm. So if and I even if I ask... like um like stables being formed now, you know, like because let's see if we're all in agreement. What do you guys think the coolest stable is in wrestling right now? Currently, House of Black or Black yeah. Combat Club. One of those. It's two. the Black. That's Black who Black I Club for me. Okay, yeah. so we're all in agreement. That happened. Oh, it's cool, man. You yeah, know. Yeah. But like, yeah. And these are guys we love, by the way. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to speak for you, John. But I mean, when like, Regal was in, it probably was, it two was of your favorites cool. of all time, right? Like with Moxley and Brian. Exactly. Claudio. Yeah. yeah. And Claudio yeah. put him in there. We love all of them. I like yeah. Yuta. I think Yuta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I'm what I mean? But def- like, I'm constantly defending Yuta in this. We. House. The point <laughs> is, we like this like cool ass faction. And it's not a big deal. It's not the NW. Yeah. No, no, no. You know no, what no, I mean? No. Yeah. Like, not even close. Just, it's not even close. And that's what I'm saying is how, I mean, even people love the bloodline, but it's uh, a different feeling. This just feels like a family drama taking place on the show. And and that's fine. Um, soap opera, you know, it's it's good stuff, compelling to most people, most wrestling fans. But the NWO, um, I guess, like, just the impact. I just go back to... Just how prestigious it felt. Like, Duke, you you crowned the horsemen as the greatest faction of all time, in your opinion. Um, and that's fair. And a lot of people would agree. I just think with the NWO, just the level of impact on the business mm-hmm. imitated for sure. Like, this is sort of a formula now when people create stables in other companies. It's look at the um the girls in 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 uh, AEW, the uh outcasts, the spray mm-hmm. paint. Yeah, it's NWO, yeah. Um, I have one for you. Speaking of derivative, which is probably in younger younger fans, they probably think this faction is the greatest of all time, and they are a complete. Let everybody listen up. <laughs> a complete ripoff of the NWO, the Bullet Club, for sure. Complete ripoff. Too sweet. The hand the gesture. NW, exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. And like, I like the Bullet Club. Yeah. But yeah. let's not, for a second. No. That mm-hmm. is a complete ripoff. It's not even. They're not even trying. The only reason right. they use they change this is because they can't use it anymore. Because mm-hmm. they got a cease and desist. Mm. Yep. And now the Bullet Talk Club gold lives on. Yeah, uh, and, and which you could say is the uh, NWO two thousand, maybe. Yeah, right. I I I love Jay White. So no, I know it was just two guys though, right? Or is it? No, they right. have another they guy. They got four members, oh. brother. Give me. You, know, you you haven't been watching the, your collision. The guns, baby. The guns oh, oh, my joined bad. up. Yeah. That up. works. Bullet guns need bullets. Yep, yep. So NWO, we gotta say real quick for you guys. Um. For you, like, what are your, I guess, if you have to say, like, your overall feelings of, like, the NWO legend, the legend of NWO, if we could wrap it up, like, do you feel like the NWO is overrated, properly rated, underrated even at this point as a, once again, impact on the business? Because Austin gets all the love, usually. A little bit of rock, a little bit of DX. But the NWO might Mm -hmm. have actually quote-unquote, saved pro wrestling? Yeah. I think they're regarded um, the way they should be. I think people look at them as, like, 
arguably the top stable or faction or whatever of all time game changers and all that but we can't neglect the bad it did to the company the watering down of the group you know where other legendary stables didn't quite have that horsemen had tons of members but it was always different there's only just four guys always kind of you know what i mean like they kept it like that um more modern greats like evolution you know what i mean they didn't go too crazy with the membership you know where i think nwo was the biggest um most important faction but i don't think we could say the best because of how it played out you know and i just think other factions played out better over longer periods even if you consider like the horsemen but um i think they're i think they're regarded properly because nobody thinks of wcw without thinking of them nobody thinks of the time wcw was the top wrestling company without thinking of them you know and 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 thanking them you know what i mean for that like aspect of their run you know making it the biggest show in the business making the attitude era really you know like the wwe has that but like the attitude started with the nwo and then the wwe it, they knocked down the doors with stone cold and rocky and all those guys so you know i th- I think they're I think they have the right spot in history. So I think some people go a little too hard hating on them, you know, like in retrospect, and they don't want to give them their flowers, you know, maybe because they had there were such politicians, some of these guys, and they had a lot of heat or whatever. You know, there's million stories about NWO or click members, right? But I think they're generally regarded as like one of the biggest things that ever happened in pro wrestling. And like you said, top five selling merch in 2023. That's outrageous. Duke the um the people that will detract from the nwo a lot of the wrestlers that worked in wcw at the time there are so many of them that will say the nwo whether it was goldberg i know jericho i even think benoit guerrero go down the list these guys felt like the nwo took away from them but it's like that double-edged sword because the nwo gave them mm-hmm. the plat like the, the the eyes the the eyeballs yeah. so um I don't know. How do you draw the line between being good for the business? Because you guys said, like, they also are part of the reason for the demise of WCW. Is there a way that you can think of where they could have uh, rolled it all up in one? Maybe made other stars with their legends? Bro, don't, I mean, don't, don't give pro wrestlers creative control. <laughs> you know what I mean? How about like, that? Ex- what yeah. a concept. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the politics, you yeah. know, because, like, even there was even politics like within the NWO, you know, like Hall and Nash kind of wanted to do things this way and Hogan wanted to do it this way. And who do you think won, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, that was a mess from the gate. Um, To get to your question that you asked um, us both and Frank answered, I agree with Frank. Like, I think they're looked at, I mean, so many people would put them as the greatest stable of all time. So I think that they definitely... Uh, get their respect for sure. Um, they're a legendary stable, like we said, like change the game for good or bad. Um, and then what was your question? Your second question? I'm sorry. No, it was just more about, is there a way to toe the line between being good for the biz? Oh yeah. I think, it? um, yeah. Be the boss. Don't try to play wrestler. Yeah. Be the boss and reel these guys in and let them know that every, everybody needs boundaries, man. That's why there are laws, right? Like <laughs> if we all want to drive and get where we want to be, but without traffic lights, it's we're all going to die, you know? So mm-hmm. you got to have boundaries. Everything's good in moderation. And I think that sometimes you got to be the boss and Bischoff wanted to be a boy instead of a boss. And that's yeah. ultimately 
I think, in my opinion, what failed the NWO. Um, but as well, far as like those other guys being pissed off and stuff, of course they're going to be, you know, like it's human nature, man. Right. You want everybody to do good. You don't want them to do better than you, though. Right. Like, and, exactly. you know, Jericho, we love Jericho all time. Great. But like in that time, I love Jericho at that time. But was he was he Scott Hall, Kevin Nash drawing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I love Eddie. I love Dean. I love sure. Ray, you know, um, but like they were part of the show. The NWO was the NWO the was the show, right? Exactly. Yeah. Period. You would have... like, and bro, I loved all that cruiserweight stuff. Chris sure. Benoit before that whole tragedy was my favorite wrestler. You mm -hmm. know, so like I get it, but like they are the reason, like you said, that people are at that show. Yeah, the cruiserweight the survey. There the was a survey stuff. to prove it. Scott yeah, Hall would run that, that survey. Yeah. And <laughs> dude, the talent, by the way, when you go back and watch these nitros, if you guys haven't watched these nitros, and you care to, the talent is absolutely incredible. Hmm. It is incredible who was in the mid card of these shows at this time. Let me say, um, as I just try to get out of here in a minute, but as I brainstorm a way that you could have maybe ended this NWO storyline. Brett the Hitman Hart comes in after the screw job. They never got to that Bret Hart Hulk Hogan showdown. And if there was ever a guy that could take down the NWO, maybe with as the blazing oh babyface, you know, as a guy, you could have had Brett with like a, a team of Sting and Phil whoever in be the guy to take it down. Obviously, egos would never have let that happen. But yeah. Then we could have maybe had a, another, you know, big moment like Brett WrestleMania 10. They always sit him up on his shoulders and all that stuff. I'm just thinking in my head, like you could have gotten out of the NWO storyline maybe, but they just, I think the greed, man, they were selling those shirts. Like you said, Frank, like, why would you yeah. stop? Right. They yeah. just wrote it all day. Just wrote it till the wheels fell off. Exactly. Literally. Like, yep. But it's still selling. So yeah. Yeah. Here we are. And it just, it just made. It just made the company and Eric Bischoff like a one-trick pony, unfortunately. You know what I mean? And it's like the success was too much, you know, for them to deal with. They couldn't manage it. And he wore everybody out with it. Like everything great. You get, you know, it's oversaturated and then it becomes lame in a way, you know. And they yep. NWO is like a great, like a great band. That... Yeah, 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 for sure. And after that glory period, but that one year, you know, it's over. You know what great bands do though? They do what Chris Jericho's done. Yeah, they reinvent themselves mm -hmm. over and over again mm -hmm. and make themselves relevant. That's why the Rolling Stones are still relevant. Madonna is still relevant. You know, like they mm -hmm. change with the times instead of being like Frank, like you said, a one trick pony, which yeah. they proved to be, unfortunately. Well, either way, no matter what, you guys know this. The NWO debuting 25 years ago, but it is for life brothers Samos Locos forever. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they hey, they even spawned the LWO, which still lives on today in the true. WWE. They true sure that. do. True that. Thanks so, goodness gracious, real quick, that they never tried to do the NWO again. I know, right? I, I really it's kind hope... of surprising. Yeah. I yeah. kind of want them to. Oh my goodness. Who's gonna be in that shit, John? Boy? I'm just nostalgic. You know what I, mean? I, don't know. I know. It's just like there's no watching watch some old nitros. You'll yeah, yeah. I know. Well, there's remember when Cena, like they cool had that level. graphic of Cena wearing an NWO shirt? It was like yeah. a fan-made graphic, yeah. you know. You Too late have now. been into that, Frank? No, spare me, dude. Cena, really? NWO? 
No. Two on the nose with the Hogan thing. Yeah, and it made it annoyed me when he did that Bray Wyatt thing. Remember that Bray Wyatt where he I hated it. Yeah. I think I might be into that, honestly, if Cena would have done like an NWO thing. I know it's crazy. It's probably nostalgic bullshit, you know, but like just to see him do something different, you know? Yeah. Well, people in the comments, if you think the NWO could come back, tell us who would be the members current day. Give me like four Ed, members. This is right up Ed's members. alley. This is right up Ed's alley. Ed, I definitely yeah. want to hear Ed's current iteration of the NWO. Yeah. Yes. He's constantly sending me video game pictures mm-hmm. and he's always making like dudes and shit in the game. So I want to see like his NWO 2023 for sure. Ed, a great creator of uh, 2K. He sure is. They're oh, he gets man. deep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, insane. I thank, I'm thankful for those for those people because I love down. Me too. All right. Yeah, yeah, I can never. Yeah, I can Dude, never makes, have patience. Yeah, he gets on these streaks and he'll just bam, 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 bam. I'll wake up and there's like 12 pictures. Dude, oh, that's cool. Like to the T, perfect. But yeah, let us know in the comments. Um, do you think the NWO was ultimately great for the biz or was it the demise of WCW? Where do you stand on that? Tell us what a new iteration might look like. And uh, as we go through the summer. We're going to be at the Summerfest soon, a.k.a. SummerSlam. We got all in. We got all What's out. What's going to happen at the SummerSlam? It's going to happen at the SummerSlam. Am I really going <laughs> to? This has been fun, though. Talking NWO. Like we said, it's for life. And next week, we're going to be talking more WCW. A little bit more Hulk Hogan. Not quite Hollywood, though. This is WCW Bash at the Beach 94. It's going to be fun. The first ever Bash at the Beach. So just in time for the summer. It's a rainy, dreary piece of shit in Philly. But it's, it's summer somewhere. It's, it's summer somewhere. It's uh, summer here. It's summer out west, ain't it? John, boy. It can't <laughs> rain all the time, pal. <laughs> True. Nice reference. So uh, on that note, we'll see you next week for Bash at the Beach 94. This has been the NWO review 25 years later. Crazy. For Life Brothers, and we'll catch you next time. Peace out. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order.